0: I can't visualise how big the ham sandwich is.
1: It's the iGen UK podcast, and I'm Simon Cardi, and welcome to. My fun hour with Joe
2: Scrabble's. Hello, you wanted to say and welcome to the IGN UK podcast <laughs> again after just saying. No, it.
1: I, I I just said and welcome, and then I completely blanked and thought I don't know what I am going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> the, for some reason, the next word that came into my head was fortress, and I was like, I don't know where I'd welcome go from to there. the fortress. <laughs> <laughs> fortress of fun with Joe Scrabble's and Matt Pursley. Hello, do you want to be in the fortress? Not really, no. I'm (laughs) I'm battlements
2: at best, so I can throw myself (laughs) off if I need to. (laughs)
1: Uh, Raise the portcullis, for we have lots of chat to talk through. If this is this week's metaphor,
2: I will lose my fucking mind. I hated listening back to those last week. The dinner. The dinner? The banquet of shite. You you would have a banquet
1: in like a castle or fortress, though, wouldn't you? Traditionally,
2: I would red wedding your asses out if you start doing that again.
1: <laughs> okay, well, um, do you know what uh, have a lot of fortresses in the Elder Scrolls game owned by Bethesda, who are <laughs> now owned by Microsoft? Well, technically, Bethesda owned by
2: Zenimax Media, which oh, well, is now there we go. owned by Xbox. <laughs> Yeah, and that, cares that, that that itself <laughs> is also owned by Microsoft. The chain continues.
1: My word. That, that was, big was uh, a big bit of news, wasn't it? I love that uh, Microsoft
2: has managed to leak every single announcement they've wanted to make this year, including other people's, and this <laughs> didn't leak. It's amazing. Yeah. Like and genuine I mean that in a genuine way. This was despite the fact that it like completely derailed my day um <laughs> because of work. Like, what an amazing thing to just be able to drop out the sky the day before your pre-order's open. Like, it's yeah. fantastic.
1: So I remember when I first heard of it, I thought, oh, is someone leak-signed, or is there a rumour that they're thinking of doing it? No, they've just tweeted, we've done it, it's happened.
2: See <laughs> <To you. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Although, te- I mean, technically they haven't, which is weird. Like, I don't know enough about business to know if it's normal to say we are going to buy you for $7.5 billion next year. <laughs> um but it feels like the agreements are done and now it's just like the machinery clink clicks into place and everything goes ahead for the next year. But that was one thing where I kind of wrote, my Xbox buys Bethesda, and then you look into it, you're like, no, Xbox buys Bethesda in a year. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see the amazing stat about it? You know, that they, they spent $7.5 billion on it, and in the last, I think it's in the last console generation, maybe shorter, Sony's operating profit has been $8.8 8 so it's Whoa. like, the numbers involved here are absolutely astonishing. Like it's a big, it's a
1: big risk. Um, is it a risk with a company like Zenimax and Bethesda? Like their games are gonna sell, aren't they? Well, but yeah, I seven point think... five. I always think with deals, with numbers, it's just hard to quantify, isn't it? With numbers that big, like how are you making that money
2: back? I, like I don't know what the, um, I don't know what the sorry, there's a bin truck outside my house and it's loud. Um, I don't know what the profit figures are for Microsoft, but I know that I looked and Microsoft made last year as a whole $126 billion. So, like, in terms of what $7.5 billion means to this company, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's huge. Like, they even said in their press release we'd expect this to have minimal impact on our income reports (laughs) next year and the year after and you're like okay so that gives you some sense of this isn't a deal made necessarily with the idea of like we've got to make our money back like this has got to work for us like as much as anything else this is a a, in the short term it's basically a fuck you to sony like they Mm -hmm. don't have to do this but they can um and in the long term yes they probably will make that money back it's just going to be 10 years not one year you know like this this is a, th- I think this is a vision for the future and, yeah, as much as anything else, it's literally just a PR stunt. It's a <laughs> well, that seven point five billion dollar PR stunt. It's quite
1: stunt. funny to think, isn't it? Because it was only like probably about two months ago when Obsidian teased what was their new like. Skyrim an like RPG mm-hmm. about and everyone's like oh there's
0: Microsoft Skyrim and now they've basically got Skyrim. Well, yeah, the next I Elder think Scrolls. probably the deal there right <laughs> is that they they've had Obsidian for a while and they probably were putting together that company as a competitor to Bethesda mm-hmm. and then just a few months after all of that business was kind of put into action I presumably the opportunity to buy this company turns up and it's like well we might as well have the entire market share of first-person fantasy adventures.
2: Yeah, Why I thought um, Ryan McCaffrey wrote a sort of five biggest takeaways thing, and he's absolutely right. Like Microsoft now is essentially the home of Western RPGs. Oh, I mean, it's like, the home of big
0: budget Western RPGs. Let's not pretend they've got like
2: Larian or Zam or the actual you know, good RPGs from. But the you West. know, but like the stuff people buy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> those are great RPGs, and I love them. But if we're talking yeah. about like, I've you know, I've got mates who play FIFA and COD but they play Skyrim, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we're at that yeah. level. And, like, to think of Bethesda Obsidian in Exile, like, all of these people working in, under one banner is absolutely ludicrous, um, which is why everyone's asking for Fallout New Vegas too. Yeah. Um, which uh, yeah. isn't going like, to happen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what do we think
1: this does... Because there's no solid answer yet on what this means for future Bethesda games. We still know that Deathloop and... I'm oh going blank. What's Ghost the other one? Ghostwire. Ghostwire. They're still... PS5 exclusive. Do we know even if they're timed in? They, they, are, t- they, even they're timed. Time they are timed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but The big question is, Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield, are those going to be Xbox only? No one knows. I don't... <laughs> no one knows. I'm I,
2: increasingly on the side of, they will be on n- PS5.
1: Yes. I think they will be,
0: but me, do you think they'll be timed? They no, might, so... I don't, they will just come out so i think this is part of as joe alluded to earlier like i think microsoft has a long game here and it's, it seems to me like a very interesting long game to become not just a console kind of company but like this much larger publisher system where they can have games that you can get very easily on an xbox but you can play playstation games that are xbox games as well with mm-hmm. the idea of so let's say that the Elder Scrolls is, you know, comes out on both consoles. You can either spend 70 quid for it and buy it on yeah. a PlayStation of which a tidy cut of that goes to Microsoft, or you can go out because a lot of people that will be playing The Elder Scrolls won't have one of these consoles. It's one The Elder Scrolls has become that thing where it's so big that people will will m- might not necessarily buy a console until that is out. And then mm-hmm. they'll be looking for a game, you know, a machine for Tez, and it's either they buy a a PlayStation and spend seventy quid on it, or you go out and buy the Xbox that has it on Game Pass day one. Mm-hmm. So they're either they going to make and, a tidy yeah. cut of seventy quid, or they're going to well, make a
1: console. And presumably, that means it will come to PC day one for free as well. Yeah, but, that, yeah.
2: They've said yeah. that everything's aiming for that. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: And like, yeah, to me, this is it's a matter of scale. I think the actual more interesting question, considering they've specifically said case by case basis for this stuff. Um, I think the more interesting question is whether your double-A uh, games like Doom end up being Xbox exclusives yeah. now. Well, you think you get, Doom's
0: a double-A game?
2: Uh, I see. sorry, I'm talking... To- okay, triple-A versus quadruple-A then. I'm talking like, if you're looking at a new f- n- mainline Fallout, mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls, mm-hmm. probably Starfield game, that is a tier above Doom yeah. in terms of value to... Yeah, or Wolfenstein
1: or something like that.
2: And like, yeah, yeah. and I so I think those... I think there is a a case to be made that those will end up being xbox exclusives but mm-hmm. when you get to the scale of skyrim you know when you're selling 30 million copies yeah, yeah. it's the same as minecraft they didn't take minecraft off of ps4 when they bought Mojang because yeah. it would have been insane mm-hmm. you just make the money out of everyone buying <laughs> yeah, your yeah. game that you own um and I, I think that that to me strikes that that strikes me as the most like obvious future for this stuff i i I would guess there will be more multi-platform games from bethesda than there are exclusives going Mm -hmm. forward and that's partly based on common sense and partly based on the fact that bethesda have specifically said we're publishing the games these are so it seems like they're not xbox game studios in the same way um they're not all all of xbox right exactly all of xbox's language is like we now have 23 studios but every time they have bought another studio they're like And these studios are Xbox Game Studios, whereas Bethesda is publishing their own stuff. Um, So I think they're just going to be left to essentially be a money machine for Microsoft and work as they used to, um, Mm -hmm. which Which I I think think is great
0: for their future. Like, I don't think Microsoft has to be massively worried about their future in terms of the amount of sheer money they make. But Mm. if... There's something that I really admire about Phil Spence's sort of like philosophy for the future of games and how he's always been quite open about it. It's not about owning an Xbox, it's about this company trying to bring as good a gaming experience they can. And obviously, a certain amount of that is PR because they want to make the moolah. But there's a certain amount of stuff that he has done to back that up, which suggests that, you know, kind of like the publishing division of Xbox helped bring Ori to. Uh, Switch, mm. they've made sure that Minecraft has stayed open. I just think it makes sense to have the Xbox fingers in more pies than
2: just their own console, like on a long-term basis. Yeah, because they can afford to as well. You yeah. know, like I think we've talked about this before, but Sony, to a certain extent, relies on PlayStation doing well. Microsoft does not rely on Xbox to do well. Um, it is a feather in their cap rather than the cap itself. Um, it's pretty
1: much the biggest acquisition they could have made like if you think about it, like ea probably make a uh, probably bigger off the top of my head but you're not going to buy ea and you're not going to buy ubisoft either but like they're probably the two other big ones off the top of my head but yeah, yeah. to get a company of that size
2: I, honestly i would have said is, before this happened that it was impossible that this would have happened so it is kind yeah. of like this is the upper end this is absurd um
3: mm-hmm.
2: and like and- I know Bethesda would do very well and have always done very well but like Todd Howard came out and said this gives us resources we didn't have before. So if we're lucky and if the bluster is real then or is not bluster um <laughs> then we have a version of Bethesda that can do even cooler things than it could do before and that kind of is amazing. Um yeah. and as long as they don't start locking those games away which I really don't think they will. I I honestly see this as a almost a pure positive. Exactly, um, yeah. it's it's a very interesting and cool thing. Is that a thing yeah, I we mean, know
0: that um, Bethesda Softworks have always? They've got great ideas, but their engine isn't always mm. up to scratch for the ambition they have. If this allows the Elder Scrolls Six to run on with tech that allows those ambitions to shine through, that's less buggy, you know, that has the level of polish that some of their other studios manage. Like imagine the polish of Doom, but in an Elder Scrolls game. If fact well, what comes out, they've of already this, said.
2: Hmm. Starfield's being rebuilt in a new engine, which will mean Elder Scrolls is rebuilt in a new engine. Is in that rebuilt engine as yeah. well. So as long as it's not shite, yeah. then that's very <laughs> exciting.
1: Well, well, we'll see if we actually see either of those games in this console generation first. <laughs> so, well, that's yeah, true. That's <laughs> a long way away. Um, do you know what isn't? A long way away, though. The war, Call of Duty. Well, it's like we're in a constant war, doesn't it? Um, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War. No, no, it's it's a war of wits. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's it's a prestige for the 21st century.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Matt's our Um, Tesla. (laughs) Exactly. I'll take the voice. The,
0: I'll take the Bowie role, that's fine. I, I, can't, I can't do Tesla's voice. <laughs> I neither uh,
2: can yeah. Bowie, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um,
1: Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is the newest Call of Duty game, funny enough, and it's out in about six weeks now, I think. And I am reviewing the multiplayer portion of the game this year, which is a different... Th- thing for me. Doing a review in progress is a different thing for me. So uh I started that at the weekend playing the Alpha, which to be fair isn't a hundred percent there. Oh well, I hope it isn't a hundred percent there anyway because I i didn't have a great time with it. I don't know, did either of review get time with it? I forgot. I was playing,
2: <laughs> I was playing I it with it was you, happening.
1: Cardi. <laughs> I know Matt, but people don't know. I was I was being a proxy there for the right, audience by okay. asking <laughs> I thought you'd just um, forgotten then, like the Cold War had infiltrated your mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, for a game about the Cold War, there's a lot of guns. Um but anyway, um I played a good few hours over the weekend. It's just so historically I've always been a fan of the warfare games in quotation marks over the Black Ops games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mainly because I've always found like especially Modern Warfare 1 and 2, like just the speed of it is more for me, and especially the time to kill. Like Being able to just run around with an SMG and get 5 kills in 10 seconds, it's just what I'm all about. You know what I mean? It's what it's all about. But um, in Cold War it just felt like... They've, I think they've deliberately made these steps to strip it back and go back to what the original Black Ops was like with a longer time to kill and just just the maps feel very stripped back as well like there's a lack of verticality there's none of the recent modern warfare editions like being able to mount or being able to basically jump over things or open doors it's all very like lane based maps yeah, in a way it reminded me of an xbox 360 shooter and in... yeah you're being harsher because i'm being more diplomatic about uh-huh. this but yeah it, it was archaic uh whereas i think they're trying to go for
0: nostalgia and that's a very thin line. <laughs> to and and walk. you know, nostalgia, <laughs> especially this year, feels like something that we all want a bit of, like escape back <laughs> to the past. Um, so I, I'm not a big Call of Duty player in terms of the multiplayer. I generally play the campaigns, and mm-hmm. there's it's very few and far between that the the multiplayer catches me. Which is why Modern Warfare last year caught me off guard because mm-hmm. I got really into Modern Warfare's multiplayer. Like I, I loved gunfight mm. and you know, uh, Warzone came along. This one, yeah, I feel, as you say, that verticality missing, which I think uh, in Modern Warfare does really well, kind of like having lots of layers, especially when you come to Warzone. But also, it's just that feeling of running around maps, just looking for someone to shoot. And I know that that mm-hmm. is a classic part of Deathmatch. It really but... is
1: going back to the old school, could you, of basically running circles around a map and mm-hmm. hope you run into someone before they run into you, which...
0: It, it is fun, but... And that's just, probably going to do it for yeah. a lot. Of, like, a lot of people exactly. probably hated uh, Modern Warfare because oh, yeah, it know, wasn't yeah, that I classic. They yeah. <laughs> because it wasn't classic yeah. Call of Duty. And for some people, this is really going to work for them, I think. I think there's enough there that I saw that was like, if you are a classic COD player, I think there might be something here for you. But mm-hmm. I'm not that classic yeah. COD player. See, I've
1: always preferred the shorter time to kill... Like it's why I play a lot of the hardcore modes as well in Modern Warfare, not the core modes. So it's basically more like Siege, where it's like a couple of shots and dead. Because it just, it it's always felt more satisfying to me. And it's interesting. I did a poll on my uh, Alpha Impressions, which was in Call of Duty, for a longer or a shorter time to kill. And it's at the moment I think it's like fifty one percent shorter, forty nine percent longer, which mm. pretty much splits it right down the middle. And I I always had it in my head that people preferred the shorter time to kill, but
2: I'd say, maybe they don't. That's what that does interest me because I, I do prefer a longer time to kill in general. But mm-hmm. if I'm playing COD, that's not what I'm going in for by any yeah. means. Like maybe aside from Warzone, where it's kind of the deal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I'm surprised by that. I didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. even know you'd done that poll. I thought that's very interesting. Mm, there <laughs> we go. Of course,
1: Game Science. <Enough>. No,
3: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. I've got mixed feelings about it so far. There are bits I enjoyed. I really enjoyed the new map, which is it's called Armada. It's across like three battleships in the middle of the ocean. It's just so different. It d- definitely has big battlefield vibes, which I'm not keen on them doing because I feel like whenever Call of Duty tries to do like ground war and tries to be battlefield is where they fail. They should just stick to being Call of Duty. But I did like just it's so cool about just zip across a boat. And especially when you can actually go underwater in between the ships and aim down sights and fire when you're underwater at people. I don't know the science behind that, but it felt good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like the Armada one. Is there a capture point that's like half underwater and stuff in that one? Or is that a different map? So
1: It's not half... There's two that are like near the edge of the map which you can capture by being underwater if you swim in like capsized ships mm-hmm. which does make it quite difficult as well because you're like who's capturing this point and they're like 10th underwater like I can't see him <laughs> so I can't shoot him uh, but I don't know mixed feelings it's obviously still the alpha I'll probably update it after the beta and then obviously when the final game is out but yeah I just the bit I'm most intrigued by and I don't yet know if I'm actually including this in my review or if we're doing it separately is how they're going to integrate Warzone this year with the multiplayer it looks like they might from what i've heard and seen it looks like they might be keeping verdanks but basically turning it back in time and dressing up like it was the 80s with like all the old like communist banners around the city and stuff like that which would be an interesting twist twist on it it saves doing a whole new map i would like them uh, to just nuke it and then we get a new map
0: but, but I do, I do. I know they so well though, that I can actually win. So I don't want it to change. The thing I, re- I know this is just copying another battle royale. But the thing I really like about Apex is that it now has that kind of two map deal, and they swap between yeah. seasons, and then I between seasons they're different versions of that same map. Mm-hmm. I think eventually they will have it. Next week is season six, actually,
1: for Modern Warfare, and they're updating it. So the Warzone map is getting underground stations next week. It's got mm-hmm. like five or six underground stations around the map. And it's not yet confirmed if you can actually get on the tubes and go between them, or if they're just new areas you can go down in and fight. But that's a strange. I can't wait to see what the hell's going on with that. <laughs>
2: They'll be but, really weird with gas and stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure about
1: yeah. that. Yeah.
0: We'll see.
2: It could be a new that sounds way
1: like to a,
0: enjoy war. Uh, that sounds like an absolute death trap for when the circle's closing and you can't get out of the oh, underground. Yeah, yeah. yeah, never stuck. Get at stuck. the ticket barrier trying to get through.
1: It sounds like absolute hell. And <laughs> do you know where else is absolute hell? Very good. The setting for the game, Hades. <laughs> Which is... Is it me? Maybe it's just because for the last three weeks, Matt, we've been working on the Immortals, Phoenix
0: Rising stuff. But I cannot get away from Greek mythology at the moment. <laughs> it is. And actually, you know what? <laughs> going, going and playing bits of Hades after you've played um, Immortals mm-hmm. and then playing some Immortals when you've been playing some Hades, Like you get this weird kind of like twist where everything feels very, very familiar, but everything looks completely different. I like mm-hmm. this multiple... Uh, like, interpretation of these characters of which yeah. Hades is very stylish
1: yeah if you don't know what Hades is it's a game that's technically been out on pc well in early access for about two years now isn't yeah, it? December I 2018
2: had, I have had it in my epic games library since it released <laughs> and I have never played it and now everyone's telling me it's a 10 out of 10 and it's making me exactly. furious that I'm so I
1: stupid got it on the, so it came out on switch last week and I got it I played it because of these recommendations from literally everyone I talked to, and I can confirm it is absolutely incredible. (laughs) It is a roguelike, not only a roguelike, but I think at this point the best roguelike I've ever played. Not that I've played tons of them, they're not generally not my cup of tea. I really like Rogue Legacy and I really like Dead Cells and a handful of others, but Hades, it's just got that, I don't know, it's hitting that sweet spot of incredible combat, Incredible voice acting, incredible soundtrack,
2: just looks incredible. It just and what's, it's that perfect what's the voice difficulty level for all the characters. So, see, so, like, there's not much voice acting in roguelikes generally. So, I'm, mm, I'm, I'm right. Interested see, that's in what that. makes
1: it a cut above. I think is that there's actually lots of story mm. compared to your standard roguelike, mm. and yeah, all the characters are like it's genuinely funny as well. This, i don't know it's this. a
0: super giant game it's like it's their yeah. dna through and through and the best way if you know their output the easiest way to describe it is it is a roguelike version of bastion spliced with pyre so mm-hmm. each run that you do like the actual run itself is in a roguelike environment it looks like bastion is in it's an isometric kind of top-down battler um, when you die you are returned back to the halls of hades which is where you get to do like a little bit more of the slightly more visual novel elements and mm-hmm. the amount of voice acting and the amount of dialogue that is in this game i've done so many runs over like two years now because i've been playing it over early access as well mm-hmm. and like i'll dip in for each patch that they've done i can't f- really think of any time i've heard the same
1: well, theo <laughs> exactly because some achievements are linked like depending on what you do in that run as well; it changes what the conversation mm-hmm. is. And also, yeah, to unlock some abilities, it's like have this conversation with this person fifty times and stuff like that. And so, yeah, the general plot is that you play as Zagreus, who is the son of Hades,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you are trying to escape Hades. Basically, you're trying to escape the underworld, but and you're progressing through the different layers. So your first one is Tartarus, and so on. I so far I've only done like I've played a good few hours. I've done about 12 to 15 runs now, I'd say. And I, my last time I did, I had a really good lucky run. And the first time I got to Elysium, which is the third area, I actually got to the end of it. But I just couldn't
0: defeat that damn mine at You're all. You're doing pretty do you well. you get that feeling? <laughs> well, every time I go up one, like, Perseus is <laughs> a bastard, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you, yeah, I you've got a very really lucky well run. To get, to get to Elysium on, what would you say, like, under 20 runs? Mm. Like, well... I'm so I'm 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 fairly shit at it. I'll admit I'm not very good because um, I find the the second sort of zone quite difficult. Which is there's a lot of lava and there's a lot of kind of mm-hmm. dashing over um, little gaps yeah. with lava and sometimes the dash doesn't go well and I end up burning myself oh, to death. And obviously, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. never run into lava. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing my- I think is is the way that you build your character across a run um, because each each air like you you go into a little arena you do a fight imagine it kind of like doom um so you you mm-hmm. you take out all the enemies and then you're given sometimes there's only one way to progress but sometimes you're given an option of two or three doors and each one of those explains to you on the sign on the door what you will get for completing the next area so sometimes that's just a health boost but sometimes it will let you have an encounter with a god who will then give you a boon which allows you to build out your character so, mm-hmm. for example, meeting Zeus will apply kind of like electric-based buffs to your to your weapons. Um, Cardi, what's Poseidon's the... my boy? Yeah, I love getting Poseidon. His abilities are good. I like. I love
1: getting the one where his boon, where if you dash, it moves everyone away from
0: you with like a wave of water. Yeah. That mm-hmm. one's really useful. Is it Dionysus? Is that how you pronounce the god? Dionysus. Dionysus. God yeah. So his he gets he basically. The boon is called getting people drunk, but it's essentially poison damage over time. But mm. a run that I did today had every time I dashed it, would leave a wave of wine, and anybody mm. caught in that would just get poisoned. So it's just dashing around arenas, basically not having to attack anyone, because every time they walk near me, they gradually so disintegrate in
1: red wine. That
2: seven, sounds like the seven seven best types. death I can <laughs> ever
1: imagine. Like you will, I know you haven't played it yet, Joe, but I know that you'll love this game.
2: I like it's weird because I've actually looked so little at it. Um mm. that I have that I only really know it through descriptions, but it just it it ticks so many boxes for me. Yeah, um, it's so good. And like I the, you talking about the kind of the gradual improvement outside of skill is something I mm-hmm. quite like. I know Pete that's a kind of in the roguelite community. That's a bone of contention a lot of times like some people just want to Kind of spelunky like, I guess, or I guess Binding Mm. of Isaac, where it's like each run is its own bespoke time and then you earn bits and pieces but not like improvement. But I always liked like Rogue Legacy, did it? It's definitely closest to Rogue
1: Legacy for me, which is yeah, that constant improvement and it's also similar to Rogue Legacy, whereas. It's not, it's by no means an easy game, but it's not brutally hard Mm. ever, which is good. That's what kind of put me off Dead Cells. There are times I found it a bit unfair, but
0: this is constantly it's never unfair the amount of enemies is putting on screen or how difficult they are Mm. yeah and that that sense of improvement that you get obviously you're improving throughout the run because you're meeting all of these gods who are not only telling you the story but also giving you cool stuff Um, and you're earning money to spend at kind of like the stygian boatman and stuff like that Mm. but in between your runs because you're earning things, you earn like Darkness, which is a currency, and you earn Keys, which will unlock new weapons. You're actively making a choice how you're building the meta of your runs rather than just the the mm. micro-elements. And you know how kind of in Dead Cells you gain items which would be in when you'd be reborn, there's all of those like vials on the wall, isn't there, and hanging jars that they put stuff in. But you mm. never feel like you've necessarily got full control of what's in those. It's just things that you found out the way. When you come back from a run of Hades, you are choosing where you want to put those resources, and so you have a lot more control than you typically have. I think in a in a rogue yeah. And I've also got it; I've got Death Defiance, I think, and I've got the
1: Lucky Tooth, which is a very useful. Uh, that's very useful cool. To have it means when I die now, I think up to three times I can revive with health. Oh so, wow, that that's is good.
2: Very pleasant.
1: Yes, uh, and I'm currently the spear is my favorite weapon so far. There's you start off with a sword, and then you quickly unlock others. There's a shield, a bow, and a spear, and then I'm almost about to unlock the fists, which I'm not. I've deliberately not looked up a lot about this game. I don't know what they do, so I, I kind of enjoy just discovering it all by myself rather than looking up. You know, best way to play Hades. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> when, um... <laughs> you know what the other weapon is beyond the fists, right? I deliberately haven't looked. No, right. So okay. I so when know. they added that in in early access, that was kind of like a holy shit. This changes the game. <laughs> like, like that, that's the thing that's... There are... Each of the weapons feels really unique because they have completely different fighting styles. But there are things that it does where, be that a build that you create when you learn sort of like how to stack those boons or just using a different item or a different weapon, it makes it feel remarkably different despite the fact you're doing the same stuff. Yeah, God, it's, it's so good. And I cannot state
1: this enough, the music is incredible. It's because Darren Court's that is genius. almost definitely... Yeah? yeah, and that is what we will be playing at the end of this podcast. It's already been decided. <laughs> uh, Joe, yeah? there's probably a reason you haven't played Hades, because you've been playing another game.
2: I thought you were going to do the segue based on the music.
1: Uh, Paradise oh, Killer. I didn't.
2: Paradise Killer.
1: We had uh, one Alicia Judge on a couple of weeks who would not stop talking about this game, <laughs> frankly. I wonder why.
2: Almost <laughs> like she's in it. She's in it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Paradise Killer is... Uh, Matt's been playing this as well, but it's one of the most bizarre games I can remember playing for, for a long time, and in a very good way. So, Cardi, how much do you actually know about it?
1: I know that there's been a murder on this this paradise place, mm. in quotation marks, and that you are sent there as a detective, essentially, to work out who did it, mm-hmm. and that there is no actual definitive answer to this question, and you just have to work it out as you go, basically. Yeah. And even the developers say they're not going to tell you?
2: Yeah. From what there, Alicia said, anyway. There <laughs> is, basically, I know what Alicia told me. Yeah. There is, a, um, there is a definitive story behind the game that I think you can work out, but there are interpretations to be had within it. But... Mm. Do you know how weird it is? Like <laughs> how creepy and bizarre. I've, so I the watched world a trailer. Is.
1: Yeah. So I didn't until I watched that trailer. I knew it was open world. I didn't realize it was a proper 3D open world because the only art I'd seen was like the cartoon yeah. drawings. So it's I built, built like, along so the. It's
2: built along the ideas of like a Phoenix Wright or a Danganronpa mystery visual mm-hmm. novel, but it's kind of exploded into a 3D exploration game set across an open world that you can go in any direction at any time, and you kind of have to learn to get around. Um, mm-hmm. and the thing that really caught me off guard, because I knew that going in, but I didn't realise like that a key element to me of this game is like you are a detective and people work like people. They are humans, by and large. They will speak to you like a normal person. They'll lie to you like a normal person. It feels like a detective story, but the rules of the world are so bonkers and so opaque until you've worked them out. So, like, ghosts exist. So, like, how does the existence of ghosts change being a detective solving a murder? You can just talk to and, them
1: like, and say you did it.
2: But, this is... So, you come... A, it's not even... It's not that simple, obviously, because that would be very stupid, but, like, that does have a bearing. And, like, mm-hmm. it's a world that is constantly being assaulted by demons from beyond the stars. And, like so that's a whole part of the history and so you're kind of building through your you're coming at this story from like after the fact there has been a murder by the way to tell you how the game starts <laughs> you know like alicia explained to you that you get called back to the island right mm-hmm. your character lady love dies has been exiled for three million days on a mile high plinth above a series of islands that have been created to ritually sacrifice kidnapped humans to cosmic gods. Right? That's the okay. basics. And yeah, then yeah. when you come when you're called back, the opening of the game is you skydiving off of the mile high plinth to the <laughs> island while the opening credits play. It's fucking amazing. That does sound very good. Um <laughs> like, It's got this like this tropical island vibe. But the cool thing I think is like, yeah, you're Building a case after the fact, but you're also world building after the fact. You're understanding what the fuck this place is and like what mm-hmm. this reality is and who these horrible immortal people you work for are. Um
1: I didn't know it was quite I knew it was odd, I didn't know it was quite mate, this odd, and I is, I've got a long weekend this weekend, I think so I may have to.
2: Weird. It's brilliant. Like and it's just it's genuinely the most sort of unique game world I can remember being in. I don't know mm. for ages. <laughs> what what is it on at the moment? It's is on it just piece Switch and it's on? Oh, it is on Switch. Yeah, okay. it's perfect for Switch as well. Um, nice. Oh, it's just yeah, it's great. And like and and that's not to say that you know that's not to mention I should say that like it is a 3D exploration game. You jump around, you earn abilities to get around more easily. You fast travel around the island, all this stuff, but it builds up to the trial at the end of the game, which is kind of like. It's not an ending it's like a culmination you take all your stuff mm-hmm. and then you choose who to accuse this isn't giving stuff away it's the structure yeah, of the yeah. game like and you could start that trial at any time it's like Dragon's Dogma like you can in Dragon's <laughs> Dogma you can do the final boss battle at the start of the game and in this if you wanted a shit ending you could go and do the trial at the start of the game um and i just love this like this idea that you're creating your own story and then presenting it at the end based on what you think and you can also Like purposely get it wrong if you Mm want to save certain characters and keep them there at the end. So if you want to be a corrupt detective, you can also do that. Um, I'm into it. I've always
1: enjoyed a bit of Danganronpa, and I feel like this is a nice little
0: filler for it, I don't know, I was looking for a word that I completely See, forgotten. I've never played yes, a Danganronpa game, but I've mm-hmm. seen they just look too fucked up and odd <laughs> for me, whereas uh, yeah, you like Paradise it's, it's, Killer. It's, what, what, like, it's Paradise, like Paradise Killer mixed with Persona. But Paradise Killer, I think, is fucked up in the right sort of way. Like, it's <laughs> weird and it's cosmic and it's, it reminds me a little bit of, like, have you have you read Saga? No, I haven't actually. So, so Saga has got this just bizarre like cosmic universe and it's like if saga was dialed up to to 11 basically mm-hmm. it's a little bit like what this is but and i like kind of like it's both quite western but very japanese influenced as well like it's there's a there's a certain amount of britishness to it not to mention about the fact that like every, every i think everybody in it is british or voiced by british people um but yeah it's kind of got this thing like the the most recent person I met, I think she's called Crimson Acid, but she's just mm. got a goat she's got a goat's head. Like yeah. this fairly cool. voluptuous woman who's got a goat's head and she sells me secrets that she's learned if I give her pieces of blood. <laughs> 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 so that's definitely the, gonna check this out. <laughs> yeah it's uh, and sort of like as Joe said it's so opaque at the start. I'd no idea what was going on and I'm not used to having games normally have like a little bit of world building at the start to explain to you about the lore this doesn't have that and the delight of it is working out what is going on here Mm, Um, mm -hmm. and each of the characters are an absolute blast to kind of chat to because they're all so mad you've obviously
1: finished it Joe did you feel when you were at the end point did you feel like you had fully worked it out
2: Uh, I have I think I made one mistake in my ending but Mm. also I kind of love that that happened because I had mm-hmm. an idea of what it should be, and then I think I got one thing wrong, and that kind of cascades through the rest of my conclusions, where I'm like, well, if that was wrong, then I'm not entirely sure how that fit in. And the fact that it ended on this moment of, like, I made all my decisions and I got it a bit wrong, the way it presents it to you, I kind of didn't care. Like, it wasn't... I didn't want to go and go back to my yeah. save and redo it, because I fucked you it up. And you didn't care that you
1: convicted an innocent person?
2: I don't know if they were innocent. I just don't... I think <laughs> they might have been innocent of the specific thing i was accusing them of oh, okay um, but like right. that's what i love about it is like i i so i've written a review for this which will go up at some point um and mm. kind of part of it is me sort of wrapping my head around the idea of like detectives are all about proof but actually they're not about proving things in a court of law they're just about presenting all the evidence and saying like that's probably the proof and I think Paradise Killer gets that idea more than anything else. Like, the detective can be wrong, but they can have come up—they can have come up with a perfect reason f- that happens to be wrong. And I yeah. think that's a really cool way to do a detective.
1: I kind of like that. It's a bit like the—I um, don't know if you played. They must be like ten years old now. There were the Sherlock Holmes games where there was like five cases mm. in each story, and you could actually get those wrong. Yeah, and, yeah. wasn't it crimes and it's it's not pranks, Sherlock it's Holmes,
2: punishments like- that? Was the uh, one where I you could if, get stuff? specifically yeah, I remember wrong.
0: the si- I remember the silver earring. I think it was so in *Crimes and Punishments*. Uh, one of the cases, one of the potential suspects, who's quite clearly not the suspect, is a young boy with learning disabilities. <laughs> to which I was so stumped on the uh, the entire thing that I couldn't think of anybody else who it could have been. So I thought they'd pinned it on this boy, and I just sent this boy to jail and probably to <laughs> oh, hang. And it
1: definitely oh, wasn't my.
3: him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you shouldn't play Danganron
1: for all this because you're just convicting innocent people left, right, and centre for the fun of it. How? Um, last question about Paradise Killer, Joe. Mm. How long, roughly, would you say... Did it take you, anyway? Because I know it could literally take you, by the sounds of it, 10 minutes if you wanted.
2: Yeah, I wasn't... Um, I'm not totally clear on how long it took me because I played it in, like, tiny bursts a lot. I would mm-hmm. estimate around 15 hours. Like okay, the, the 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 exploration portion is, like, the the bulk the trials Mm -hmm. maybe an hour hour and a half if you've got a lot um if you went in with no evidence it would be over in no time but yeah once you're kind of towards having cleaned up um the island's like yeah you're looking at about an hour and a half
1: i think i'd be tempted to do that once i um played it through once just go start a new game and go straight to the trial and see what happens
2: yeah i do kind of want to see like i don't know how it would reckon (laughs) with it and i can't really say why without ruining the structure of why the trial works but i think it would be interesting to see um, But yeah, man, what a cool game And it just kind of came out of nowhere And to the point that started all of this The soundtrack is fucking astonishingly good <laughs> Like it's like <laughs> Vaporwave And Japanese city pop And like a bit of reggae and jazz And like really odd business um it's and done the by- visuals
0: match that so well because that sort of whole vaporwave thing about where that was very influenced by 90s and mm-hmm. all of that weird shit you used to find on like car boot markets at computer sellers that have got i've got this weird cd and it has a 3d sort of skull that'll float on your monitor when you watch it that's covered in jewels and bright pink lights and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. It reminds me of like the game Born from the World that had the weird dancing baby.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> kind of like, um, did you play uh, Hypnospace Outlaw? Yes. Like, a game based on the idea that the internet went, never went past Geocities. That was good. Um, also <laughs> a detective game. But uh, the, the what I really like about this soundtrack is it does the same thing as the visuals in the game. Like, it matches them perfectly, not just in look and feel, but in tone, because they are tonally wrong for the disgusting stuff that you're uncovering. And so, like, it has this added creepiness of, like, this is way too happy. Um, there is a song called Leaving on there that I cannot stop listening to. It's all on um, Bandcamp, actually, and you can get it, but holy shit, Leaving is just a straight-up banger. <laughs> um it's also by a guy called Barry Topping, who does a podcast called Two Good Boys, which is filth and is one of my favourite things. <laughs> so if you're looking for an infrequent <laughs> dose of filth from Scottish men, uh, oh my God, Two Good Boys oh, look is well no good. further. There we go. Um, Matt, before we go on to the thing you're currently
1: reviewing, breaking news I've just seen pop up in our Slack channel, Joe. They're making a Yakuza film.
2: <laughs> yes! I. <laughs> I went silent for a bit because I was making sure someone was writing that up. (laughs) Uh,
1: Just a brief bit about that. A, that sounds amazing. B, I hope they don't just make it proper serious. I hope it's just really weird and just like people hitting people with bikes. It needs to be, the
0: entire (laughs) thing needs to be a serious chat about who's going to inherit a car park.
3: And they're going to beat (laughs) each
0: other to death with sticks over it and traffic cones. (laughs) And then maybe a concrete donkey will land on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah. Just I just saw that pop up and I thought
1: I want to see that.
2: Yeah, that would be pretty <laughs> interesting. I want to see if they all if he hits people with bikes. Um, yep. but yeah, that would be good.
0: Does anyone get hit with a bike in Utopia, Matt? Uh, no, no. Oh, well, no. I say this, I have not been allowed to watch the last episode yet, so maybe someone does get hit by a bike in the last <laughs> episode. Who <laughs> this- knows?
1: To make it clear to everyone, this is the U.S. remake of about a 10-year-old
0: U.K. program by now. It was 2013. There we go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Utopia came out in 2013 over here as a Channel 4 show created and written by a guy called Dennis Kelly. And uh, there is now a U.S. remake on Amazon that has been put together by Julian Flynn of uh, Gone Girl fame they are remaking it despite never finishing the original
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah
0: we- so the original had two seasons and finished on a fairly major cliffhanger um who knows what they'll do with this um but it's yeah it's a US remake that features probably in terms of its biggest stars is there's John Cusack in there who is very mm-hmm. good uh he plays like a pharmaceutical kind of boss who's wrangled up in uh, a, a pandemic that breaks out. Tell you what, watching a show about <laughs> a uh, a big pandemic, a bit awkward at this point, mm. but I will, I'll let him off. It actually adds like a layer of paranoia to it that the show doesn't actually manufacture itself because despite the fact it's set in that situation, it's not really interested in talking about like the effects of pandemics. It's all about a conspiracy behind a viral mm-hmm. outbreak, so like nobody's wearing masks, no one's social distancing it's it's got it's got jackal to do with that um and then there's uh rain Wilson, who's in it, mm-hmm. we all like a bit of him, and he plays a virologist that's caught up in all of this, but the main storyline is to do with basically a group of comic book nerds that have become obsessed with a comic book called Dystopia, and they've learned that there is an unreleased sequel to it called Utopia. Um, mm-hmm. and they they desperately want this comic book because this group have discovered that in Dystopia, it basically predicted loads of uh, pandemics, so like, like Ebola outbreaks and stuff like that. So they want to know what's in this one. Um, turns out an awful lot of other people want that uh, unreleased comic, and so when they get their hands on it, they become sort of like hunted down by shadowy forces, and oh, uh, it creates this kind of... It's, it's built very much like you know like a puzzle box style tv show we get loads of them where it tell it it never tells you what the fuck's going on but you'll you gradually have to just go with it even though you don't know where the end point is utopia is quite good at pulling back the curtain just enough at key episodes like by the time you get to the halfway point you know enough that it doesn't feel frustrating that you don't know where the end goal is um mm-hmm. so it's good at that um Does it follow quite closely, the plot of the original? The stuff about kind of the comic book group side of it, so Mm -hmm. that's like Becky, Ian, Grant, the little kid, and Jessica Hyde, who is kind of like the linchpin of all of this, um, that's very close to the original British TV show. The stuff that's about what is called the Harvest in the US remake, which was known as the network before, which are the forces that are chasing them, that's quite different in the US version. Okay. Um, like the There is a pharmaceutical company in the British version. It's not the same company. The goals are different. Um, having not done the final episode, I don't know where it's going to end, but the path it's treading makes it feel like it's still going for the same end goal. It will just arise in a different fashion.
1: Yeah. So I remember watching... The original i can't remember. i think i i watched season one mm-hmm. i remember enjoying it i don't know if i ever watched season two and then it got cancelled so i think i never bothered catching up because i thought well it didn't end so yeah <laughs> what's the point
0: i can i can see what you would do so i i didn't watch the uh uk one again purposefully because i remember it being astonishingly good and i didn't mm-hmm. want to uh you know, it has changed my judgment of the US one. I needed to review it on its own terms. So I watched it all the way through and then I wrote my review and then yesterday I watched the entirety of season one of Utopia UK wow. in one sitting. <laughs> um it's one of those things where the UK one blows the US one out of the water, basically. And I think that the US one is a decent remake, but when I've watched the UK one there are certain things about the uk version that are so much better principally the main cast like i think the the stuff that's on the side of the core comic book nerds in the us one are good like rain wilson is excellent and and Cusax is great and there's also if you remember there's a hitman uh, called arby yeah um so he's quite good in the us one he, they they play him up to be a bit more childlike like they have segments where he's just in this little box room watching cartoons, eating raisins, and you see like, mm-hmm. oh okay, he's been he's a he's an assassin that has been kept very childlike so that he can be a tool. Um he's not as childlike in the UK one. No, he's quite quiet and threatening. Yeah. He's played mm-hmm. by I always forget the guy's name,
1: but he's the guy who's Is- in Kill List who mm-hmm. And I love that film so Is much. It? But Neil Maskell or
0: something like that. That sounds Mm-hmm close yeah if not right and like the the us one is he is a good character in that and i like him a lot but the uk one is much better but it's like the core cast of nerds in uh in the us one they're all just flat and boring and nothing changes about them despite the fact they're going through this horrendous conspiracy <laughs> and like their lives are being you know disassembled by forces that are much greater than them and it's just like <laughs> they're just boring all the way through it and i know they're supposed to be everymen and that's supposed to be the point of it they're just people yeah. off the street that got in over their heads but they're just not compelling enough aside from they do put an original character into that group called sam who is played by the girl that is the lead in happy death day if you've watched I that i've seen it uh, happy no. death day is an absolute riot of a, of a comedy horror <laughs> she's and I, so good in it as well yeah and she's brilliant in, in Utopia. She's great. And she's the one that like elevates that side. But their version of Jessica Hyde is supposed to be this very unsettling person that knows more than this group but is desperate to keep away from the you know this shadowy conspiracy. She's played by Sasha Lane in this, who is – she was in American Honey, if you've watched American Honey, mm-hmm. which was critically acclaimed drama from two years <laughs> ago maybe – um and i you know she's good but she's just like her jessica hyde is she's just unkempt it like there's nothing (laughs) about her other than the fact she's not had a shower for weeks and that's not (laughs) really what i'm looking for in my linchpin whereas jessica hyde in the uk one is very unsettling she's kind of got like glassy-eyed stare and very unpredictable but i think the overall thing about it is is aside from like the characters are more layers in the tv show in the uk version and it's a slightly neater kind of like lining up of the the elements okay but if you remember the original version is incredibly stylish it's shot Mm -hmm. it's shot on a cyan yellow yeah so it's on a a yellow cyan magenta color palette and all of the yellows are very very acidic and it's a like all the food people eat are always done in yellow, and there's like the yellow bag that uh, Arby carries <laughs> around with his hitman stuff in. Um, the skies are like ice searingly blue and stuff like that. Um, I there's no style to the US one at all. It's just a normal TV show. It's not That's got any of the the specific the shots in the UK one are very very mathematically precise, like the way that they use rule of thirds and stuff. There's just mm-hmm. none of that to this. And originally this was going to be made by David Fincher for HBO. And like, oh, that if, would have been good. If it was a Fincher <laughs> one, <laughs> like, I don't want the US remake to look like the British one. It should be its own thing. But what it needs is yeah. a distinct style. It can't just look like a TV show. And so the idea of having Fincher behind it would have been very cool. And that would have made it a much colder and grimmer mm-hmm. sort of style. Or someone like Noah Hawley, like if you've ever watched Legion or Fargo, he's got a really distinct bonkers style. And that would have been great for this. But oh, as well. it is, it's just it's just a decent just TV show. Just another remake. Yeah. There we go. It's good. It's, it's good, not great. Yeah. So you'd still say watch the original. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially because the original is on Amazon Prime. So if you've got the cash oh, for
1: Amazon go. Prime,
0: just watch the original. What a glowing recommendation
1: <laughs> from that. <Matt>. Um, <laughs> shall we play... A game,
2: yeah. please. Inside, it's the UK RGN crew. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, And the ones and twos, we got the games gonna play
1: for you. Inside, I got a question for you. What's at the DJ, we are coming through. Yeah, yeah, And the
2: ones and twos, we got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in
1: the search? Do you know what lads? I enjoyed the game from last week so much that I've decided to do it again. It was from, uh, if you remember, it was from Simon Baisley, so all Simons are good, we've proven that. All Simons and- are good,
2: <laughs> what, a, what a conclusion.
1: <laughs> um, there wasn't actually a name for this though, at the moment it's just called Item Quiz, no, so no, what, no, what no. do he you want to call her it? name
2: in the email. Did he? Yeah, it was called I, maybe I, like, like, look at oh, my I'm items, sorry. mate. What's he called? I, Baisley. Let's have a look.
1: I'll have a look. Oh no, it's called Personal Effects. Personal Effects. That's a very good name.
2: Personal Item Effects. That's the one. There we go. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Apologies, Simon. You are the better, Simon. We may all be the best, but you are the better one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So if you don't remember what this game is, I've got five video games here, and I've actually gone for six different items from each of these games. You little
2: rascal. (laughs) <laughs> I
1: know, and uh, they they get increasingly easier uh, but you get more points the earlier you guess what game these items are from. Lovely. It's a simple concept, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so here we go, the first of these five games just let me write down your names so I can score you correctly Okay, for six points then the first item is a cream filled cake
0: Oh, Bioshock Infinite? No, no. I
1: didn't Ooh. like
2: how quick that came. Um, Cream-filled cake. I'm gonna say <laughs> cooking. Mama two dinner with friends.
1: <laughs> no, no, it is not either of what you said. Mm. Uh, do you want the next one?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Moonbeam absinthe. Oh. I no it's not going to be the There's point. going to be a lot of people screaming. It's not spirit fair. how's that feel. It's not no. no.
2: Um
1: no there's going to be some all oh, people kicking themselves shut here. Shut up. Is it
0: BioShock? <laughs> Yes, it is
1: bioshocky.
2: I
0: right. <laughs> so I could see the icon just... for cream filled cake, but for some reason I saw it in the in the I infinite could see art the
1: style. icon for cream
2: filled cake. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd hear echoing off the walls of a mental institution. <laughs> Very bioshocky.
0: Uh, you could have had six there, Matt. You should have
1: just gone with you
0: know, it's if you been, say one in a series, go with it. Ah, uh, I was just—you didn't give me any visual indicator that I got it right. Well, half right. So. No, I didn't. You know, I mean, poker that's, face that's, me, good. I? <laughs> that's <laughs> good.
1: Okay, five points to Matt. Here's a uh, game number two. Item number one: fire extinguisher. Dead Rising. No.
2: Do you remember Dead Rising? It's good shit. That yeah. Game.
0: I play. There's not it's many. Number ca- two, the one in the shopping mall. No, no, I'm not playing that oh, one. Oh, both of them were. So num- mm-hmm. There's the shopping mall on the side of the casinos, isn't there? In two. Whereas one oh. is a shopping mall. Well, like, yeah, one, one is very shopping did to death?
2: Um,
0: did you play as a journalist or did you play as a madman with a yellow coat on it? Two a stunt. Yeah, it was two. The stunt. Is he a stunt rider? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it isn't that though. No. <laughs> Fire extinguisher.
1: There's
2: not many games where you actually use a fire extinguisher as opposed mm. to shoot a fire extinguisher. And so I don't know mm. whether
1: that is to be very clear, these are all items. I almost went down the wrong path, I'm not gonna lie. I almost did Overwatch and started naming weapons. I'm like, they're not items, no, what no, are you no, doing? No no, 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 Exactly. Uh so item number two from this game is metal
0: detector. Oh shit. Uh. Is it is it Hitman? No. Oh, Cuz we not. had Hitman last time, but there is a fucking game and I can see it now with a metal detector and I'm sure it's got a fire extinguisher.
1: <laughs> Which well. I can guarantee. The-
2: cake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can guarantee there is a game with both a fire extinguisher I'd hope and a metal so. detector. And <laughs> uh, any bits. Is
0: it Curse Monkey Island?
1: No. It's none of the games we had last week. Cuz Curse Monkey Island, we, wasn't, we yeah. didn't have Curse. Okay. Do you want the next
2: one? Yeah.
1: Empty Balloon.
2: Dare the Tentacle? No. Maniac Mansion? No. Double Fine Adventure Game? <laughs> no. <laughs> Grim Fandango? It is Grim Fandango. Yeah. It as soon is. as you say Empty Balloon, there's only mm. one company making that.
0: Was, was one of the items on that list hosiery? It wasn't, actually. I can remember being a kid and getting stuck on a puzzle, and I was reading a walkthrough to figure out how to do it, and I just didn't understand what hosiery was. I was too young to have really... (laughs) You're looking for a hose. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hours. I didn't go through the
1: other clues. The other clues for Bioshock, by the way, were Lazarus Vector, automatic hack tool, audio diary, and an Adam file. (laughs) I started off with an easy one. Uh, The other ones for Grim So Do you know when the fire extinguisher is when you have to put out the beaver that is on Mm. fire? The Metal Detector, I think, is like middle of the game where you get that from... Did you get that from the crematorium? I feel Maybe. like you do. The Empty Balloon, obviously, you fill with the... Uh, you fill with the... You can we use it twice, actually. You use it with the birds on the roof and you fill it with the uh, like cement stuff. We get it. The... You
2: love Grim Fandango. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, number four was Maritime Union card. Then we had the Excelsior line and Scythe. Uh, there we go. So that is... Four points to Joe. Five Matt. Okay, here we go.
0: Gold teeth. Mm. Teeth as in multiple. Yeah. Gold Mm. teeth. So it's not cursed monkey, I don't know. (laughs) No, it (laughs) is. Which is gold tooth singular. (sighs) Ah.
2: Who got, a <laughs> Who got gold teeth? Who got gold
1: teeth? Any any guesses whatsoever?
2: That should be one.
1: I'm going for the second one. Yeah. The second item is Elixir.
0: Oh, come on. That's... They've all got Elixir. <laughs> that's,
2: that's RPG 101. Oh, yeah, Final Fantasy <laughs> 1 through 16, just in case. <laughs>
1: no. Um... Well, it's just narrowing it down. What sort of game you might be thinking of? It's all it methodical. that doesn't even make it fantasy RPG. Like, it could no, it narrows it down RPG. to an RPG. You know, it's not. I don't Why know it... FIFA anymore, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> <laughs> the gold teeth in FIFA.
2: Adidas Predators. <laughs> Adidas Long shoes. I only know what predators are. Um, what uh...
1: Mizuno? <laughs> oh, no, we're not doing FIFA. Anything with an elixir and gold teeth? Anything. (laughs) No? No. Okay, third one. Old Amber.
2: I don't like you. (laughs)
0: It's not Divinity Originals in 2, is it? No. Mm.
1: Absolutely every single item in the world's in that game. I know, right? (laughs) About 25,000, huh? Gold Teeth, Elixir, Old Amber. Next. Yeah. Mm. Number four. Bicycle.
2: Gold Teeth, (sighs) Elixir, Old Amber bicycle. I can't account for the first one, but Pokemon red <laughs> slash blue slash gold slash it silver. Is,
1: it is that. It is mm. red, blue, yellow Pokemon. Yeah. I believe you get the gold teeth uh, since to the Savari zone.
2: Is it? Yeah. I don't Let me look that. up and it's see. This fall. is complete
1: madness. No, it is. Oh, am I... Mm. Uh-oh. No. Oh, sorry. I. Uh, that may be me... Is that only in red leaf and sorry? Is that only in leaf green and fire? Well,
2: come green? on, give it. That's that's <laughs>
1: me making a hideous error, and I shall never trust fandoms wikis ever again.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you're still getting it for bicycle. The next for town map and sylph scope. Sylph mm-hmm. uh, scope. Three points for Joe there. So it's taken a seven-five lead with two left. It's time. It. Okay, That's item number one of the fourth game, Peach.
2: Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Now, is it an Animal Crossing game? No. What about Animal Forest? Its original name. Are you being There's joking? no animal. <laughs> there's no animal in the name. <laughs> is it
0: Ring Fit Adventure? <laughs> it is not. That would be great. Uh,
1: second one, binoculars.
2: Binoculars and a peach, what a day out!
1: <laughs> Does sound fun, doesn't it? Is it Breath of the Wild? No. I mean, if you put binoculars up to a peach, it'll look very furry.
3: Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scott, there's loads of games with binoculars.
1: Let's pick a game of binoculars, in
2: Mad Max.
3: <laughs> <No>. Imagine, <laughs> after, a whole game, after a whole game of
2: eating maggots and dog food, <laughs> he gets one juicy peach. <laughs> that
1: would be a great way to end the game. Yeah. Uh, but, are there any games three? where
0: you play as a bird watcher in Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> okay, number three. I play. Uh,
1: <laughs> Valerian Root. Oh.
0: Valera.
2: Game about... Me <laughs> Yeah. My middle name's Valerians, just so people know. Um <laughs> They'll never forget. You better not.
1: <sighs> Valerian root.
2: What game that's a sleeping aid. What do I use a sleeping aid in? Mm.
3: I'm bad at this. A
1: peach. Binoculars and a Valerian root.
2: Earthbound.
1: No. Shall I move on? Yeah. Number four. Coffee percolator.
2: What? <laughs> Gone home.
1: No. Nope. Minecraft. No. You've got your peach. Your binoculars. I know your what Valerian we've got. root and your coffee percolator. It's a lovely day out. What remains
2: of Edith Finch?
1: <laughs> no.
2: Just trying to think of games on. about normal places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Number five, bandana.
2: We had that last time. Mm.
1: No gear. No. Your peach. Your binoculars. Your Valerian root. Your coffee percolator. And a bandana. It's like bullseye in five. <laughs> your coffee percolator. <laughs>
3: Lovely
1: In five Your bandana Moving on?
2: Yeah
1: Okay The final clue In 6 Guama rum
2: Oh uh, That's Red Dead Redemption 2
1: It is Red Dead Redemption 2
2: That's you got hard, peach, mate Your
1: binoculars vale- like, Okay Valerian, Valerian Root route. Route. Yeah, a coffee percolator. That's a very useful item. You should have had. It means you can brew coffee at your campsite whenever you need yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, your bandana, cowboys. Come on,
2: cowboys. And
1: your rum. I don't think
2: of bandanas as a pull up your face Ca- rather than a don't you? You do think they're traditional? Your oh, you're you're too modern for this world. Oh, so <laughs> modern. I stumbled across. Uh, I was looking through my captures on my ps4 the other day and i stumbled across one from red dead that i'd forgotten i got which is amazing you know the mission where you're in a hot air balloon um (laughs) and i got a slow-mo shot where i shot a guy off a horse and then it cut back and you know it cuts back to arthur looking down the sights or whatever my arthur has this fucking gigantic handlebar mustache i think we must have exactly the same clip here so i've got that and as well but because it's cut back to his face while it's in the hot air balloon it's like he just flies across the camera with this <laughs> <Yeah>. evil <laughs> yeah. look it's on his so face it's, so w- it's genuinely like perfect comedy that's been generated <laughs> by the game it's so good oh man i
1: love that way I love the slow mo bits issue in you know, that what game. A game. Anyway, that's a point to Joe. Eight five with one game left. Oh, so Come on. Matt to level it up, you need this on at least the fourth. Okay. Here we go. Clue number one from well, I almost said the name of the game. <laughs> uh clue number one. Giant ham sandwich. <laughs>
3: um,
2: <laughs> that's good. Breath of the Wild, just in case. Don't think there's ham in right. it.
1: It um, should be all recipes, good games.
2: Big, big recipes.
1: <laughs> Not just any ham sandwich, a giant yeah, ham yeah, sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how big is giant? Overcooked. No, grounded. Oh, <laughs> no, everything's really giant and grounded. <laughs> oh, clever. That and would actually a be two. normal size ham sandwich, though. <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> Okay, number two. Flashlight. That is flashlight.
2: I nearly said Alan Wake, <laughs> but then remembered a giant ham sandwich. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would love just him shining like on a taken ham sandwich, just trying to burn it away.
2: Alan looked across the room. He saw a just giant ham sandwich,
1: <laughs> and he'd lost. that's coming up mm-hmm. in the next Control DLC. It's the return <laughs> of the ham sandwich. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you've got uh, a ham no, no. sandwich and a flashlight.
0: Is it Broken Age? Nope.
1: nope. Any takers? No,
2: I feel like I have to not concentrate on giant ham <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Number three, dock worker shift card.
2: Is this Spiritfarer?
1: No. Oh,
2: there are dock workers in it.
1: Is there a giant ham sandwich? <laughs> uh, they, mate, there's tons of recipes there could in that be. game. Um, dock Worker Shift card. Deus Ex. Just nope. in
2: case they've got cyber sandwiches.
1: Um, no, no, no. It's your last chance to win here, Matt. Otherwise, you're going for the draw.
2: I don't know.
1: <laughs> giant Ham Sandwich. Flashlight. Dock Worker Shift card. You've got three seconds.
0: I don't. I can't visualize how big the ham sandwich is. Like, is it just... <laughs>
2: I'm almost is in it is <laughs> <laughs> so far, is it, is it? <laughs> clip that out <laughs> after the cream Ow, cake god. and this you sound like you've gone fully mad like you've had some traumatic experience in a kitchen
1: <laughs> uh okay we i having number 4 oh my god you could get it i'm number 4 nosfered
2: so
0: oh Oh, Christ.
2: What's Nosafed in? Fallout 4? 3. No.
1: For the time, out. This is for the time. Nosafed. Oh, mm, God. What Nosafed is that? Nosafed for the time.
0: <laughs> I, al- I almost said The Witcher, not because there'd be obviously a fucking flashlight in The Witcher, <laughs> but that word <laughs> reminds me a bit like, you know, Fistech, the drug that they mm. take in The Witcher. And mm-hmm. so I've got it in my head that Nosatech, is it? Is a drug.
1: So it's Nosafed. Yeah, that's what I yeah. said. So sounds
2: mm. like a drug.
1: You're going to kick yourself. I know. You that. Mm. <laughs> this is... I'm giving, Matt, I'm giving Matt five seconds to tie the game up. It's, it's just lost.
0: because I keep coming back to the fucking giant ham <laughs> sandwich. I'm like, this is Put not to be mind. a comedy game. Like, yeah. if it's giant because it's just twice the size of a normal sandwich, which is what... <laughs> what a chocolate bar you're thinking too too much about this it's something okay I know you've both
1: played this game and it's something you quite easily could never have seen because I didn't see it either (laughs) Uh, okay we're moving on to number five Mm. yellow gardening gloves
2: untitled goose game
0: game I was going to say goose game (laughs) Yeah. This
1: is the problem. This was something that's very clear in my mind about this game, but you might not have even had. <laughs> so. Oh!
2: Is this Disco Elysium?
1: It is Disco Elysium. Of course it the is. Nosa not so fast. Oh. The health. Giant ham sandwich. Where the Apparently fuck you is get that, that from. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to do like a legendary skill check with a restaurant owner or something to get that.
0: Didn't realise there were any restaurants still
1: open, or, <laughs> or is it like the hotel? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up afterwards. But yeah, you've got your flashlight, your dock worker shift card, Nosferatu, yellow diary. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: god! Of <fucking>
1: course. <laughs> and number six was the tape player. Harmon, Walshy, W yeah. O oh. T.
3: This stopped.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is a win for. Joe, Doesn't feel like one. Ten to five there. <laughs> well, don't, don't put yourself down. Um, I'm just looking up. The, the thing giant is, ham is sandwich. about
0: two about two segments ago, I was thinking that Disco Elysium was gonna be in this, but mm-hmm. you threw me off with a ham sandwich. I, I was just imagining I know, like a get head sized ham
1: sandwich. You get it from Gaston, who is one of the two Paton players, for con- really? passing a legendary rhetoric check. Huh. Huh. There you go.
0: Well, I threw his. Uh, is his ball in the river so he probably didn't want to talk to me <laughs> and it says
1: you can equip it and all it says is the effects are equip this when times are most dire so who knows what that does <laughs> probably nothing what a game that is I was thinking recently I could go back to Disco Elysium for another run and do I it had for a, for a
0: little while my uh, my uh, morning alarm was the music that plays in the Whirlingham rags <laughs> uh, so that was nice to wake up to it's a Halo theme mad. tune now
1: you treat yourself to a giant ham sandwich, but you know what? First, Joe, read some feedback. Okay. <laughs> What's the? Uh, that's the question for everyone on feedback. What's the biggest ham sandwich you've ever had? Send that into IGN underscore UK feedback at ign dot com. This is
2: not going to be a new drowning story. <laughs> Rich Sylvie writes, "Been with you guys. I want biggest sandwiches." He says, "He says duck hunt." Uh, which is the there thing go. people used to say before even i was on the podcast uh been with you guys since about episode 40 which explains it i haven't been with us guys since episode 40 my gaming rumor oh this is yeah people's uh, we asked people to send in their gaming rumors that they'd heard that turned out to be true uh mm-hmm. oh no maybe we didn't ask for true anyway who even cares? just good ones just good my ones. gaming rumor dates back to early 1994 I was about to purchase an Atari Jaguar. Proud of my impending purchase, talking to my best mate in our local, he mentioned... Sorry, proud of my impending purchase. Talking to my best mate in our local, he mentioned that Sony, of all companies, would soon be releasing a console that would blow everything else out of the water. This was a company known for Walkmans and other mainly audio devices, so I could simply not believe it and proceeded to procure my beloved Jaguar. The affair was brief, as I got so excited about the PSX, as it was then, I ended up borrowing, in inverted commas, my mum's credit card, without her knowing, and buying a Japanese import for £700. Holy shit. How much was 700 in 1994? And also, yeah, Rich, was... Rich writes quite a lot of money back in 1994. That's a lot of money now! My... You were insane. <laughs> I even went out and bought a 29-inch Sony Trinitron, the biggest TV that Curry's, then Dixon's, had on sale. The mu- <laughs> The moment I powered up Ridge Racer, it was all worth it. Uh, anyway, keep up the average Joe job. Lots of love, Rich Sylvie. <laughs> that is, I mean, like, yeah. I I had the same. I guess I had the same. I think I said this I last week. I had what, the same thing. Well, on well, Microsoft. I
1: was exp- Yeah, I was expecting <laughs> to know what the repercussions were from that. Like,
2: were you disowned? <laughs> what? Well, that sounds like his mum I mean, was like, a,
1: the credit card. You've got
2: a big TV and a PlayStation. That's cool as shit. Keep the money." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah,
1: I've 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 never done anything like that.
2: Have you not? So yeah, some record. neither have I. I think I oh, took twenty paints. That's maybe it. Add <gasps> some sweet
0: pence. Uh, Matt,
1: right?
2: Back.
0: We've got one from Michael Winter who says, "Hello, IGN UK podcast gurus. Mm. He loves the podcast. Oh, I'm hoping you can help me with a very important decision: Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5? Some background. I am 35 years old, and remember a time when picking your next console was simple. The more bits, the better. E.g. my old console is 32-bit, so the latest console is better because it's 64-bit. I have no clue what teraflops and Zen 2 cores are. I've always been a PlayStation boy, apart from a brief dalliance with the Xbox 360 many years ago. I was pretty confident I would stay faithful to PlayStation going into the next-gen consoles. Xbox Series X is cheaper? Wasn't bothered. It was only slightly more for the PlayStation 5. Is, is that true? Regardless. Um, <laughs> Xbox has season pass. I was unmoved. I was genuinely could see no way that Xbox could tempt me to switch. And then they bought my beloved Bethesda. I don't really do online gaming. My favorite most recent games are Skyrim, Fallout 4, Witcher 3, Dragon Age Inquisition and Divinity 2. Give me a huge world to explore and a half-decent combat system, and that usually has me hooked. If Bethesda games aren't going to be available on PS5, that's a big thing for me. A large chunk of potential next-gen games would be unavailable unless I switch. I would miss out on all the weird and interesting new bugs their games will undoubtedly have. I suppose my question to you is, is this true? Uh, Would this be true in regards to the exclusives? If I want to play the next chapters of Elder Scrolls and Fallout, has my decision been made for me? Maybe you don't know. It seems that there is mostly speculation. Blah 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 blah. That's <laughs> we're at that we're at that question. Yeah, uh, we kind of half answered
1: yeah. this earlier, I think. But in terms of should you buy a PlayStation or Xbox,
0: it's hard to it's hard to know at the moment. Really. Well, I think, um, I just, think just going for off the first. Go on. Just going off what the games that are listed here which is Hmm. Skyrim, Fallout, The Witcher 3, Dragon Age, Inquisition, Divinity. They're all on Xbox at the moment. So Mm -hmm. if some of those games have been PlayStation exclusives, then they'd be like, buy a PlayStation, because we potentially think that, um, you know, these games could come to PlayStation provided the business sense works out. But since they're not there, like, I'm tempted to say, unless there is a PlayStation exclusive you really love, buy an Xbox because you're going to get all those games on Game Pass, so yeah, you're going that is a really bio good point. And an amazing
1: consoles you've listed there as well. You're probably I'm guessing looking forward to Cyberpunk which by all accounts may look slightly better on the Series X. We don't know yet so we literally haven't touched mm. either of them. So uh but yeah. I do wonder I would if agree um, with what Matt said.
2: Yeah, I, I, that is we kind of don't get a good sense necessarily but it, like if you are a single player gamer I would say PS5 Generally, will serve you more regularly mm-hmm. um, in terms yeah. of exclusives. But if if the thing you're after is open worlds, then there is a chance that Series X will run those slightly better. Like it will be meaning yep. meaningless, and- in, unless you're analysing yeah. that stuff. But and f- again, going
1: off those games, there you will eventually have Fable, which it'll sound like you'll enjoy. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> that is true.
1: Yeah, there we go. That's my answer. Currently. <laughs> But a cool change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a piece of feedback here from Simran Singh, who says, Afternoon, lads.
0: Afternoon.
1: There we go. Firstly, thank you for all doing an amazing job. All except Joe, who is just doing an okay Fine, job. Fine, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get to the point where you actually scream. Uh, <laughs> so, please keep this up, Peter. Uh, okay. Secondly, on last week's podcast, when you discussed Morrison's wet eggs, mm. I was surprised by two things. One, wet eggs, as that is something to be very uh, perturbed by. And I'm glad we haven't heard anything of it since because I was horrified. And two, Matt's hatred towards eggs in general. Who doesn't like eggs? Do you not like cake? What? What monstrosity is this? What do you mean do you not
2: like cake? Cakes aren't eggs it's just because they've got eggs in them. This is the thing. I agree with the idea of uh, who doesn't like eggs but the jump to cake makes me on Matt's side. That's bizarre. Exactly. Exactly. We've
1: already heard that he's thinking a lot about cream-filled cakes. Um, But no, I'm actually on Matt's side as well here because I don't really like eggs either. Like scrambled eggs, the only one I really would... Eat, I don't like boiled eggs or fried eggs.
0: I say what, it's a night when you've got a if I mean this is me sort of like going, Oh, when we in the old days when we had to go to America which was delightful and I fucking loved it. But breakfast <laughs> oh, in America <laughs> breakfast in America is just eggs. If you don't want it's eggs not just
3: <laughs> eggs. Like Where
0: every- have you been coming? <laughs>
2: Everywhere. Like every dish
0: is eggs.
1: <laughs>
2: it's just eggs.
1: Going to just... I, I it's don't... just? You're going to the cafe that says just eggs. I can't eggs.
2: tell who's more insane, Simran, or you. Like you keep saying bizarre things, both of you. I don't know. You're both wrong. I... But um... it's just eggs, just eggs.
1: But no, I do agree with Matt that I don't like most eggs on their own. But I do eat cake because you're not tasting the egg. Are you? It's used to
2: make the cake. eggs are fucking amazing. Me and Simran at least can agree on that. Um, uh, holy shit! Anyway, we've uh, we've got
1: more from Simran. He says, "I recently had a discussion with a friend who hates chocolate ice cream." Was that from
0: me? I don't me like to chocolate ice cream.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't like chocolate ice right, cream no, now. No. <laughs> now? you can say, "Do you not like cake?" Because they're similar flavor yeah. <laughs> profiles. <laughs> what cake to, to ice cream? They're both incredibly sweet <laughs> items, is my point. Yeah,
1: I mean, I like chocolate ice cream, but it's not. You know, I'm never normally picking it
2: compared to other players because are play, better play ice creams way better ice creams than chocolate yeah, ice cream but, yeah but there's a different but you don't you don't hate yeah, exactly. it exactly there's you? a difference between not <laughs> liking chocolate ice cream and liking other ice creams better have you got have you got like some bizarre like algorithm in your head where you're just like well this is good so similar products shit house, right down
1: yeah um it's all you get in america is eggs and chocolate ice cream.
2: Wait, is the <laughs> reason you don't like eggs because you like chicken so much and you've had to push them all the way down they're on a <laughs> spectrum of taste.
0: I don't
1: know where you, you can't have you one you without the heart. other. What's going on? Um, anyway, but then I started thinking about normal, f- normally loved foods that I hate. For example, I could understand a hatred for coffee and broccoli, but while <laughs> but while peas are a commonly loved food ingredient, I absolutely hate them. If mushy peas touched my fish and chips, I would consider it a meal ruined. This has got me wondering, are there any food items or ingredients that aren't usually hated that you absolutely despise? Cucumber! I don't mind cucumber. The one for me is sweet corn. Really? I hate sweet corn. that's my favourite. And it's pointless as well. So what's the point? Um, Um,
2: Yeah, cucumber. (laughs) I'm genuinely convinced I have some sort of genetic thing where I taste cucumber differently to other people because Mm -hmm. everyone tells me it tastes like nothing. if a cucumber touches any it absolutely does taste of something but to me if a cucumber touches any other element of a meal it will taste of cucumber Mm -hmm. and I hate the taste and it makes me furious oh dear I have a
0: similar thing to that like I remember buying like a just like a a chicken Caesar wrap once from Sainsbury's who sneak a piece of cucumber into that it's only (laughs) like one round of it entire thing is ruined That has it's got such a strong flavour profile yes
2: yes yes just I, I wet like mush.
1: I don't like bananas. That's more of a texture thing. I don't hate banana-flavoured mu- things as much. It's more the texture of a banana. Uh, Any more? Oh, I don't mind cardamom in things, but biting on a cardamom pod is the worst thing in the world. It just tastes like pure soap. I hate it.
0: But that's not... You, you're not supposed to eat them, are you? No,
1: but they leave... A lot of places leave them in the rice
0: and don't take okay. them
1: out. So it can accidentally happen, Matt.
0: This isn't <laughs> answering Simran's question, though, with things that yeah. aren't usually hated. Don't think anybody's going, oh, you sweet should... corn. is one. Chew, Chew on a cardamom. Like sweet
1: I don't like sweet corn. Good for you. There we go. Tuna. I don't like tuna. No. There we in go. the bin.
0: In the oh, bin. I love salmon, though. So what's the, you know... I love- also in the bin.
2: <laughs> uh, do you actually like any what? salmon, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love loads of foods.
1: We've I, just I'm named not an endless cream-filled parade cream-filled cakes and giant hand... Giant hand, <laughs> hand sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I will
2: only eat the mythic um, giant,
1: and don't go to America because all they have is <laughs> eggs. Right? Any, any, please, people, let us know one foods common foods that you hate. I don't know. Let's find out more have of those. Eating a giant and ham B, sandwich. Exactly. Tell us your biggest sandwich stories. That's,
2: actually, that's fine with me. Biggest <laughs> sandwich in general, not yeah. ham, not limited to ham. Yeah. Biggest sandwich
1: because people have made. I remember at uni, people were making all concoctions of like full-on sandwiches in full baguettes and stuff yeah. just like absolute mad things that you wouldn't actually eat. we so, made uh, one of my friends i want the for his
2: birthday a meat cake uh <laughs> where we made giant burgers in cake tins and then the icing was mashed potato and the uh, writing on top was ketchup and we decorated it with peas and it was delicious for a day and then it went rotten and it sat <laughs> yeah, like would, it would yeah. in a student house on a table for about a week. And it was one of the oh. grimmest looking things I've ever seen. But technically, sort of a meat sandwich. Just putting it out there. Giant Ooh. meat sandwich. There we go.
1: I, um, something of you new creations. I once made a cocktail, a very loose definition of a cocktail here called semaphore namely um, because i think we had a university challenge on at the time and one someone just shouted semaphore on it so i was making a drink at the time so it was called semaphore and i didn't have any uh bowls or any big cups that weren't clean so it was made in a saucepan it was mixed in a saucepan and it was uh just cheap whiskey coke and vanilla crusher <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. Actually, it, sounds... it just
1: tastes like vanilla coke. And to be honest, that sounds <laughs> alright. I could do that. Yeah.
2: yeah it's very nice. Uh, but arm.
1: that is Semaphore. No. Anyway, this is going on. Should we have some Hades music? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Bye. <laughs>